Welcome to Podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. Oh, that's good. We'll have to talk about things like that. Yeah. For for Star Wars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, filming on location and things like that. Yeah, because uh, I think we were saying that the most recent thing, I'm sorry, sorry, the oldest thing that we hadn't talked about uh, as much was the, we were talking about the first part of Kenobi, but not like the, the end of it, right? Yeah, I don't truly remember what episode that we left off on. Um, yeah. I do know we hadn't got to the ending. I do know that we still, one of the biggest complaints was that uh, the music could be better. Um, the special effects were okay. Um, I don't know. Do you want to start? You want me to start? Go for it. I hate the show. <laughs> I, I think it's probably the worst Star Wars that's out there, and I try and wipe it out of my memory all the time. It should have been a slam. It should have absolutely been a slam dunk. It should have. It, the whole idea behind Kenobi in the first place is fan service. The whole idea, we're going to make, you know, we're going to go back and have Obi-Wan Kenobi fight um, Darth Vader with Darth Vader in a suit, and we're bringing back, you know, uh, we're going to bring back uh, um, Hugh McGregor and Hayden Christensen, and it's all fan service. The whole thing is fan service behind it, but they didn't do that. They made a show that had subpar special effects, Subpar directing, an average script. The script was okay. The, the characters were okay. The story was okay. Uh, all of it could have been lifted if they had taken the time to have a decent score. The score was garbage. Didn't use any John Williams material, or barely any. Now, there is a story behind that, and I don't know how true it is, but uh, we, we can get into that in a minute, but they didn't use John Williams' music, and it suffered for it. It absolutely suffered for it. And the reasonings for not using the John Williams material is suspect. So this is a question that may seem random. It's not. But what is your opinion on Star Wars Theory, YouTube person? Star Wars th- the TV show? I mean, the website? Uh, I think it's a website. He's, he's on YouTube as well, yeah? Don't pay attention to them. Okay. Is there a reason, or you just don't care? I I have so fallen out with uh, that side of the fandom, or most of the fandom actually. I don't I don't tend to see what most of the fandom thinks at any given time, uh-huh. um, because it's everyone's so polarizing as far as sharing their opinions, and it's got to be right. Like if somebody loves Obi Wan Kenobi, more power to them. I wish I could. I really wish I could. But I'm not going to think that they're stupid or hate them for it. Just like right. I wouldn't think that they're stupid or hate me for. For my opinions, but with most of Star Wars lately, it's really turned into this is the greatest thing ever. This is the greatest thing ever. This is the greatest thing ever, and it's just an echo chamber. I mean, that you know, we'll get to it. But with Andor, obviously, the viewer numbers are down, and I yeah. honestly think one of the reasons is is that people have been hyping up everything Star Wars for so long that the average person's like, "Well, I didn't really like that one." And you're saying you said that one was the best, and now you're saying this is the best. I just can't trust you anymore. So well, I, 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 go ahead. well, the reason I ask about it though, I'm just curious because uh, I don't like 
I used to care about saying something like this, and I probably wouldn't have, but at this point, I don't care anymore. Uh, I have extremely little to no respect for uh, Star Wars Theory guy, whatever his name is. Okay. Is that um, Howie or no, that's somebody else? I don't I know oh, his face. I don't remember his name. Okay, go ahead. Um, uh, I just think a lot of his opinions are crap and baseless and uh, wrong. Like, there, there's a lot of stuff that he has said before. I'm like, that's just factually not correct, but okay. He makes assumptions that aren't true. I just, uh, if anybody that, who's listening to this likes him, I'm sorry. It's my personal opinion. I think he's kind of a moron. So, uh, I don't really care about that. And usually, if he gives an opinion on something and I find it and he's like, yo, this sucks, I'm probably gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna love it then, something like that. I don't know. Um, but I was just asking because he's one from what I saw, he was one of the leading voices out there saying that he did not like, uh, Oh wait, no, no. I I think he said he did not like, uh, the way Kenobi was done. He liked some scenes from it, but as a show, I want to say he disliked it. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, but I I was just, cause I was just curious. Cause again, overall for me though, um, is it, what I would offer to the cinema gods as an example of fine television slash Star Wars crossover. Um, at this point, it's not. I would suggest something else um, would be better for that sort of scenario. But, um, I mean, I absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, if I had made the show myself, it would have been slightly different. That may be a good reason why I didn't make it. I don't know. I, I thought it was good. I, I again, I enjoyed it. Um, it was not necessarily to the epic proportions people would have expected it to be. Uh, would it have been better off as a movie? Perhaps. I'm not really sure. There, that's that's an interesting thing though, because that the whole thing with Bob Iger coming back to Disney versus Bob uh, was it Chaprick or something like that? Chapik. Chapik. Okay. Um, I was reading uh, last week that uh, Chapik had been really, really pushing hard for the show slash Disney Plus premiering for all of these stories and not necessarily taking them out of the theater, but he was really pushing for the other ones uh, or for the streaming. Uh, And we know how uh, Kenobi had started as a movie and then had moved to becoming a TV show. At the time, they said it was because of how Solo did. now that we're a bit removed from it, I guess, kind of, what do you think about that? Like, like, with your opinion of it and everything, do you think it you would have preferred to see it be a movie and potentially get the, the solo-type reception um, or something else? It, 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 all dep- it all depends. I mean, you know, I when they announced Deborah Chow as the director, I thought that was a perfectly good choice based on how good she was in um, doing The Mandalorian, right? Mm-hmm. But just looking at, you know, the the chase scene with little Leia in the one episode, and then as we got farther along, you can really start to see the limitations of uh, stagecraft, the limitations of the volume uh, that they used to film everything, and everything felt so small. Especially when there's the scene where who is it, Reva and the Imperials, or the they start to. Obi-Wan's holding out with the people they're hiding in like some underground caves. You know, everything felt like it was on a stage, you know. Best way I can kind of describe it is is remember in those open world quote unquote games where everything was still on rails? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it felt like that. And so everything felt confined within a box and everything you could almost see where they 
they drug the tracks. And, and I think one of the biggest problems also in a lot of these things is you start to see it a little bit in the Mandalorian in Boba Fett as well, is that these locations that they're using do not necessarily look otherworldly. You know, I'm very familiar with, with what California desert looks like. And so if you try and pass off the California desert as some foreign, you know, uh, uh, otherworldly planet, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me at all. Like the same thing when you look at some of the older, you know, I've been watching a lot of older movies lately. So when you see, you know, like uh, Adventures of Robin Hood, like the really old ones, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know it's supposed to be England, but it's definitely California based on the way it looks. Well, right. that starts to be that starts to become a problem. They're taking shortcuts, in my opinion, and even with the special effects. And and uh, I thought the I thought the final battle of um, Vader with versus Kenobi was horrible, absolutely horrible. And so I don't know if a movie would have made it better. I mean, maybe. I would certainly hope so. But whatever they had there wasn't good. <sighs> Is it, like, it's making me think. I don't know, because, like, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed the show. The, the final fight with Vader and Obi-Wan in the series or whatever, um, I thought it was good. Uh Again, would I have modified if I made it myself? Yeah, a lot of stuff you're saying I see and I do agree with. I just don't put as much value in it, I guess, or something. Like, for example, like the scale or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It did feel small, 100%. Uh, there was no sense of, like, scope or scale in it, really, right? And it, and it didn't feel small because they were trying to keep it small. It felt small. I felt small like they were cutting corners. Yeah. And, and like I said, I totally see that, and I agree. Absolutely. I just felt like I enjoyed the story more than letting that ruin it if that makes sense um see but i but for me here's the issue is that when i'm starting to see that early on in the series i can't get out of it yeah there are some there are some shows that i've watched that immediately i know it's a show i mean i always know it's a show but some you look at and you're like this is a show and then it just feels like a show and you start thinking these are actors in a show does that make sense yeah you, you don't get immersed in it. And fairly early on, I was just not immersed whatsoever in Obi-Wan. I thought it was poor. And I honestly think that if they had used John Williams' music, you could have saved a lot. You know, I, I've, seen, I've seen the ending uh, recut, the ending battle recut to John Williams' you know, Battle of the Heroes. And it changed the scale so much. But they didn't. So, well, and you you had heard you had heard why that was. Well, I was going to say I, I think we're also going to spend a decent amount of time with Andor probably. So go ahead. I, I was going to suggest you go ahead and and discuss the music thing. Well, supposedly, from what I understand, and this was from some fairly you know knowledgeable knowledgeable people on different message boards, but John Williams didn't give the authorization for his music to be used. Not much of it. He didn't want it used much. And in fact, the same thing happened with Rogue One. I didn't notice. I didn't know this, that it was going to be a greatest hit, so to speak. And John Williams said no. So that forced Giacchino to sort of even revamp it on a quicker scale. That might have even been why What's-His-Name was booted. Uh, but, yeah, but apparently uh, uh, What's-His-Name had the final okay. And so up until the very end, I think up until 
you know, they're pretty far in the process. They were, the, the composer was told to compose as if you can't use any music from John Williams. Mm-hmm. And so then John Williams finally signed on and did his, his uh, Obi-Wan theme. And then his um, longtime collaborator, I forget his name. Anyways, he Is it adapted. No, it's Bob something or other. Uh. He, he's he even he's even responsible. If you look on the soundtrack, he's even responsible as the composer for some of the tracks. So he came in and took John Williams' existing Obi Wan Kenobi theme that he'd written, and also some of the Star Wars stuff, and plugged it in different scenes. So the music is not even all uh, with Natalie Holt. Yeah. The music's not even all her. They filled it in at the end with, with uh, John Williams' music. And, okay, that's what they chose. But then don't try and feed me that. Well, the reason we didn't use the Vader music, because he's not quite yet Vader. Uh, no, <laughs> we already had that music in Revenge of the Sith. You don't get to, we already had that music all throughout. You don't get to sit there and say, you can't use that music, you know? Or we didn't use Leia's theme because it's not the Leia we know yet. Well, except you used it with her as an infant at the end of Revenge of the Sith. So, you know, I get that maybe John Williams didn't want you to use his music, but let's not use this as an excuse and why it is what it is. I can understand the argument. This argument wasn't really made often. I think I saw somebody say it once in an interview i can understand the argument that they want to preserve it so that when it is used you're not like basically numb to it i understand that um but but during the course of the promotion for the show i don't think anybody really said that very and and you could say because they didn't want to argue or didn't want to you know spoil or whatever that they would be used because of the way the story would go i don't know but I mean, at this point, you know, the fans, generally speaking, are not necessarily dumb. The people watching this, they can probably figure out when it happens. Oh, look, there it is, finally, you know. But I can understand the creative. Well, and, and you're kind of, you're kind of waiting, you're kind of waiting for it. Yeah. You know, let, let me ask you a question. Did you see Ghostbusters Afterlife? No, <laughs> I was going okay. to, and then I forgot about it. Honestly, until you just it's said it. it's really good, much better than I expected it would be, and it uses the music in key points. It doesn't shy away from that Elmer Bern- Elmer Bernstein, right? Or is it Leonard Bernstein? I think it's Elmer Bernstein. It doesn't shy away from his score. Mm-hmm. And when it uses it fully, it's earned it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest things that, that from what I understand, is going to be Willow's downfall. Willow kind of is going in the complete opposite direction. So... Did you hear about all that? I someone I heard people talking about James Horner generally. Uh, I'm assuming it's in context because of something with Willow, but well, I watched so far. I watched the first episode. I thought the first episode was decent. Sorry, there's someone at the door. My dogs are barking. <laughs> um, I watched the first episode. I thought it was pretty decent. Um, they used bits and pieces of James Horner's music uh not a full standout like not a full what's it called a statement of it yeah but besides all that 
they use, from what I understand, they use modern music throughout the show. So there's there's a point that Inner Sandman is used in during it. There's Beach Boys songs are used during it, and I'm not sure if it's actual Beach Boys or it's uh, a riff on one of their songs. You know, the song Crimson and Clover is used. Okay. See, are they? That's kind of weird to me. Are they trying to go for like a uh, even older style, like Guardians of the Galaxy does, with that sort of deal or something? I don't quite. It's get possible, that. but it's not set. the The show was not set up that way. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so, no, so I think odd. when you have a show like, or you have uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, and it's grounded with these certain type of music to to just completely shy away from that music. Like it 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 does it a disservice. That's the only way I can look at it by comparing the two. I mean, they chose to go a certain way, and I don't think it benefited it at all. You know, and or the music they chose, and we'll get to that. But and or it didn't bother me what they what they used. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I was I was vastly I was really disappointed in Obi Wan Kenobi. I hope they don't make another one. Um, it. When you look at it, it is not doing well as far as repeat viewings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not holding up at all. So, I don't know. And, and it's funny. I'm, not, I'm starting to see more and more people online who don't like it either, which is great. But I wish these people would have said something in the beginning. Because I actually saw I actually saw one guy and I unfollowed him just because I was like, okay, look, your opinion is your opinion, but I can't continue to see such ridiculous opinions, okay? <laughs> well, and, well, was you could, it was that this music mo- must, a lot of this music was better than uh, the Revenge of the Sith music okay. by John Williams. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, I, right. and I get being a, uh, you know, I, I get being a, a Star Wars fanboy and all that and trumpeting it and 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 all that, but I mean, if there's one sort of, you know, thought that, or opinion that we can laugh at, it's that one. Yeah, like I, I, I don't give a crap what you think about Star Wars generally speaking, but just in a music sense, Revenge of the Sith is musically seen as one of the like masterpieces of cinema of our modern generation of movies. You know? Yep. Like, come on. <laughs> right and and so it's like i have to unfollow this person i had followed this person because i like their opinions on uh on dc movies you know and i'm like okay bye i'm done don't need it well okay so real quick before we get to uh and or stuff that's something that we can kind of do a quick take on with music and the future music with star wars because we know the star wars projects aren't stopping um i anticipate that with uh a future potential Taika Waititi movie. It's not going to be overly relying, if at all, on John Williams' music. I don't think the uh, Acolyte is going to when that comes out, which is a show, but still. Um, however, is that how much of that is creative choice and trying to like not move on, but trying to expand the horizons like Mandalorian did with the sound versus uh, John Williams? You know, because like I. Uh, you know, you already know this, Mark, but like a, a couple months ago, I had the amazing opportunity to go um, to a John Williams birthday concert where he was there and he conducted oh, yeah. some of it. And I was in the front row middle seat, quite literally. Uh, it was amazing. S- 
Steven Spielberg was like 10 feet away from me. Like it was, it was amazing. Um, while they were doing all that kind of stuff that they were doing and, and having conversations about it and then playing some music. Um, best part of the night, by the way, they played the uh, Olympic fanfare and theme with the U S army Herald trumpets. Loudest crap you've ever heard in your life. It was amazing. Oh, that sounds cool. It was amazing. But um, so he discussed, uh, somebody asked him about it. Um, I think this may have been afterward, but at some point he was discussing that for movies, as of now, he's expecting the Fableman and Indiana Jones to be his last two movies right now. It's not that he's going to necessarily say no to everything ever again. It's just like, as of right now, that's what's on his plate. He's going to finish that and then he's good and he'll probably not do anything else, but we'll see. Um, and he, but he did specify too. He's like, I will always be writing music though. As long as my fingers are working, if I have access to a piano, I will be writing music. It's just not going to be uh, orchestral scores per se. So with that in mind, uh, and with him, you know, coming in to do the track for Obi Wan, and he did the um, Galaxy's Edge music as well. Um, how how do we think? Not do we want, but how do we predict the future of John Williams' style or type Star Wars music is going to go for the, the coming projects? Like say that again. How, how do we think the future for John Williams' music in Star Wars is going to look? Because, again, the projects aren't stopping, well, but his involvement is. So, but here's the thing. You know, they talk about they want to get away from this or get away from that, but they're still, they still continue to want to play in the same time frame. If you want to get rid of John Williams' music or you want to expand the scope of the music, then get out of the same era. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong. I thought Andrew, the music was fine. I thought the Boba Fett music was fine. I think the uh, the um, Mandalorian music is great. I love all of it. In fact, I looked at my what was it? My Apple now does that thing to where it tells you what your most listened to music of the year is. Yeah. And I think uh, the soundtrack for Boba Fett, both volumes, was at the top of the list. Was one of them. So so I love that music. Um, I haven't even listened to the Obi Wan soundtrack more than bits and pieces of it. Um, but I think if you're going to continue to stay in this era or with people that have already had music established for them, then you need to keep to that sort of same style. You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi should have tried to stay with the stuff that had been, you know, you've already got themes for Obi-Wan. Well, he kind of had a theme for Obi-Wan, but you already have themes for Vader and you already have themes for Leia and you have themes for, you know, all these different, all these different, uh, the, the empire and all that should have stayed with it. If you don't want to stay with that, then go, go thousands of years in the past or hundreds of years in the future. Do something else. Do something like Mandalorian or Boba Fett where you don't have to have the theme necessarily. But even when Luke showed up, they still did his theme. Well, I was going to say, I, this is really kind of random, but, uh, I don't know. It's a thought that just occurred to me. I haven't really considered before. Do you, do you think there's a chance that the John Williams experience of the creation for the soundtrack for The Last Jedi had any impact on his outlook on future use? Um, if not that, definitely. Uh, well, Rogue One was was Rogue One before Last Jedi or after Last Jedi? Before four years before we're actually kind of the same time frame no 
No, I they think... only came out a year apart. Well, a, a year apart, yeah. Rogue One was a I year think earlier. That, yeah, I think the whole thing soured him to it, to be honest. And then once you get, um, once you start throwing in what happened with um, Rise of Skywalker, he was probably done. Because I feel just, just keep well, keep keep creating music and then keep having it taken away and changed and altered and because and and for context too, you know, he he's used to. And I don't say this in an entitled sense at all, but I'm saying the the way that he usually operates with directors is that they will, as everybody knows, or not everybody is, I'm sure many people know the famous story with uh, Steven Spielberg and E.T. He works with directors who will recut the movie to match his music, right? And so you come across an experience where you're like, all right, let's create some more new beautiful stuff. This is going to be great. I know a lot of people, myself included, who were exceptionally looking forward to the score for Last Jedi, specifically because of the way... Star Wars middle movies usually work and their storylines and the music, the, the creation that they allow, you get some amazing things out of the other two. I think a lot of people are expecting it with this one as well. Uh, so to kind of instead to walk in and like, all right, what are we doing? And then be like, oh, so we're just going to recreate some greatest hits and then throw some new stuff in there just to make sure it's actually new. Uh, I could see it being kind of disappointing from a creative sense. You know, if you're ready to do more and, and you want to do more or something different and then you're told, no, this is all we're doing, just kind of, fo- well, hmm, I'm not going to say that, but <laughs> just kind of, you know. Well, yeah, because because from what you and I understand from the people who, who were there, or the people who know that uh, he basically did it, uh, you know, he basically had a, a cut of the film set to John Williams music. And so instead of scoring, yeah. instead of having scoring sessions, it was, Here's the music I want there, kind of. Yeah, like recreate it yeah. or right. Yeah, and and eventually that's why you know Hans Zimmer left Pirates of the Caribbean is is he'd come in they temp his they temp Hans Zimmer's music to the cut of the film and say okay let's do that he said well if you want that just do that I'm not going to keep recording music you know if you guys already have in mind what music you want me to use they weren't letting him or his collaborators expand in any way. Yeah, you know, and I think you see what you get when Hans Zimmer is allowed to go for it. You know, you've got Dune, which was amazing. May not be the greatest um, album to listen to at home, but this the music and the sound and everything in the film itself is one of the best experiences I've had in many years. Interstellar's, you know, but if you're gonna if you're gonna you know, hamstring John Williams, you know, arguably one of the composers who's responsible for the, well, he was definitely responsible for the Renaissance in, in, uh, in theater of music. I mean, they're definitely not going that way anymore, you know? Yeah. Which sucks. I, well, I was going to say, my, my thing with Dune, by the way, uh, I, just, just real quick, if I had, could pick one award for it to win, hands down, I would have gone for cinematography. Like that was some good stuff from that. So like for me specifically, the cinematography was, was extremely well done for that movie. The me like I don't know. I I I knew Hans Zimmer would win just because I'm like yeah, that's how it's gonna go. Uh, I forget what it was. I don't even remember. There was another movie I was kind of hoping would get it that year, but I'm like yeah, it'll be doing. It's fine. Uh, You've been doing. I mean, 
It's good. No, it sh- it should have been Dune. It's good. You can't even re- you can't even remember what it was that you wanted to win against it. Yeah, because I don't remember what else came out that year. I watched like all the Oscar exactly. movies every year. Exactly, because the only thing that matters is Dune. Because we're talking about it. <laughs> Be- because we're talking about it because it still resonates. Done, Tim. Quiet. Stop. That, I don't think that's how it works, but it's it's fine. In, in my world, it does. <laughs> uh, I'm just just to satisfy my curiosity. I am looking it up now because I just want to know. I know you would. It's what you do. Oh, that's ironic. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, uh, I think it was. Don't look up. Thing that I want to because that's Nicholas Bertel. Uh, we'll get to him in a minute. Um. But oh yeah, because like Power of the Dog, that was that year. That yeah, which was last year. <laughs> Nicholas Vertel Nick, Nicholas Vertel was I was excited for him, not because of Don't Look Up. I was excited for him because I love Succession. Succession's a fantastic show. Uh, he and I was so, excited for him because I know the caliber music he can do. It, he has a high ceiling. And, and his style I feel like would be uh more complex than what we've been getting in previous series. Nothing against any of the other, like like Little Gordon's and great stuff with Mandalorian, but I wouldn't necessarily describe it as complex in the same way that I would um, Bertel stuff. So now, I mean, did you NASA. hear? Did you uh, see Tenant? Tenant. Okay, so here's the thing. I have no, no. I have a thing with. I have a season pass now, so I can see one movie a day at the theater. And like, I go, I see all this crap. I swear, every single movie you've named today, other than like what Dune and like one other one, are like the the movies that I missed. Everything else I see. So no, I did not see Tenant yet. Did you see it at home? Huh? Did you see it at home? Oh no, no, no. so Gorenson was the handpicked or the, 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 when Zimmer couldn't do it because of Dune, I think it was, uh, he used him for, he used Gorenson for Tenet and it's an amazing score and it goes backwards and forwards, much like the, the plot of the movie, the music loops around and, and it really shows what he's capable of doing outside of, um, uh, outside of, uh, you know, Mandalorian. And so I honestly think, too, I think he's doing uh, uh, Oppenheimer mm. for, for Christopher Nolan. I think Nolan's doing, using him again. So I, I think you really need to watch that movie, listen to that soundtrack. I mean, no, again, I know that he can do really complex, like uh, Black Panther has some really fantastic. No, this is above Black that. No, I, I know, but I'm saying I'm not judging Gorson just based off of Mandalorian. Like his whole, the like I've, listen to his community stuff like, like just as a whole like, like i the overall thing i'm just saying Rattel seems to me like somebody who would have who would contribute to star wars specifically like their star wars projects his would be a little bit more complex than Gorenson's would be by design like i'm not saying that he can't i'm just saying it, i thought that's how it would turn out so in that sense i was excited for it which you know there we go Andor. okay so that happened um, no, no, no. We got to jump to so Obi Wan Kenobi is what it is. You liked it. I hated it, and when it wiped from the memory. So here, okay, I will say this about it though. Um, for me, like Mandalorian, you know, was fantastic, great. Uh, everybody under the sun seemed to like it. Cool. Uh, Book of Boba Fett was next. I enjoyed it. Um, 
especially like the Dave Filoni directed episode where whichever one that was, he Stranger from the West or whatever, like super good. I really enjoyed it. Um, there were some issues with it though. And for me, I felt like Kenobi being the next one after that uh, was better on those issues than Boba Fett was. So it's still, I, I recognize that there were some issues with it. Like we already discussed some of them. Uh, but for me, I still saw it as a step up, not necessarily where it would ideally be for me with, with, with some of these concerns, but I still saw it as a step in the right direction back to where, where our expectations would be. Um, okay. Oh, well, let, then, me, let me, let me address yeah. that real quick. Then, Along the same lines, I thought I don't have a, I don't generally have a problem with the storyline in either, in either show. I think Obi-Wan Kenobi, the story's fine. It's passable. Um, I think in Boba Fett, the story's fine. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, I think there is definitely some missteps in Boba Fett as far as the direction. We all know what those are. There's definitely some issues with some of the special effects. You know, it feels too, for this to be a giant, uh, for this to be Moss Eisley, right? Mm, it is Moss right. Eisley. It feels too small right. as far as uh, the amount of uh, citizens there you know it, there, it seems to be some of the the special effects were were not there and so when you get to obi-wan kenobi i don't think those things re uh, remedied themselves you you have a situation to where the storyline's fine but the special effects and and the set designs and all that they didn't get any better in fact uh when they really should have shined they didn't but you also have the music where you had a standout track a lot of people love that stupid, uh, you know, Boba Fett theme. You don't have that with with uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. You know, the music yeah, I, let it down, so I'm it not, didn't get better to me. It actually went down. So, like I said, I think for the most part, I think it did get better. In that, I felt like the graphics or visual effects, whatever, like you said, in Boba Fett were okay. The ones in Kenobi weren't necessarily top notch, but I do believe that they were better than the ones in. Boba Fett. Same thing with the directing. Um, some of those episodes were good, and then some of them I was like, "You, you thought the rough. whole, you thought the whole battle in the in the in the caves from Land of the Lost because it looked like those old caves, just you know, old miner. The 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 idea of these caves that they're running in and hiding was horrible. I put you know, it, I, 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 I I would I would say this right if you give the same set of circumstances to work with to different directors, you will get different results, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think if you give the same set and same circumstances to the, the directors of each of those shows, I think the end result would be better for Deborah Chow generally. Um, just because again, neither one of them was perfect by any means. But I, I don't know. I, I just other than like the the shaky cam. I know a lot of people talked about that. That did get a little cliche. At oh one. god, that, that that was a bit like okay. I we get it. It's like it felt felt a little uh, artificially forced. I don't know. But um, as a whole, I just feel like the result was closer to what we should expect from well the child. I think you're you're. Well, I don't think you're wrong, Tim. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's okay though anyway so at least i think we're still sort of on the you and i are still sort of in the same area that what was more glaring for me was something you're wearing willing to uh 
overlook. Like yeah. it, it brought Boba Fett down for you, but not necessarily for me. And it and it brought Obi Wan down for me, but not necessarily for you. So it really is just we're sort of all in agreement. Um because I think once we get to Andor, we'll see what real sets <laughs> does to everything, you know? Well, I, I guess just before uh, getting into any sort of specifics or anything, just the series, season one, I should say, is done. They are currently filming season two for Andor, but season one has finished, uh, you know, its premieres. Uh, just, oh, generally good, bad, okay, great, horrible. Just, what do you think? Uh, I thought it was great. I actually loved it. With everything Star Wars, ever since Boba Fett, I have not... Actually, ever since the first few episodes of Obi-Wan, I haven't been like... It's must-see television, which is sad. It's become like, okay, I'll see it within the first few days. Um, So ultimately, for me, I really, really, really enjoyed Andor. As a Star Wars fan, I understood it. Thought it was a nice change of pace, getting a deep, deep dive into everything that I always wanted to see. You know, when it when it I was getting in in discussions with uh, with Ellie Kings Drew in the beginning about how this is something that I wanted to see, the inner workings of the Senate and the behind the scenes, you know, politicking and and all that kind of stuff. I like that kind of stuff. So for me, it was really good. However, I could see why people aren't watching it. You know, I told my parents how great it was, and my parents have watched everything, and they're like, I just don't understand what's going on. Are my parents dumb? Nope, not dumb at all. But this is really inside Star Wars stuff. And so... Yeah, I mean, that's always been a thing, though, ever since uh, Empire started and it said Episode 5, right? That's where it started, and ever since then... Yeah, but I Sometimes more than others, but it's always been It hasn't gone that deep. It hasn't gone that deep. I mean... When you try and sell, right? When you try and sell um, Mandalorian to somebody, right? It's a guy who looks like Boba Fett who finds a, a baby who looks like Obi, uh, like Yoda, and they go on adventures together. Okay, cool. Visually, I get it. I understand it. That looks like Boba. That looks like Yoda. I'm going to tune in and see what it is. And people are making memes about it and talking about it at the water cooler. I want to see what this is about. Uh-huh. So then when you get to Boba Fett, it's like, it's Boba Fett. It's Boba Fett. He's back. Okay, well, let me see what that's about. With Obi-Wan, even, it's like, this is the story of Obi-Wan after he dropped off the kids and he fights Vader again before that. That's even, you know, something you get. With Andor, it's like, what's the story about? So, basically, there's less of a previously established hype to build on for this one because it's too, like, quote-unquote new? Well, no, I wouldn't say it's too, quote-unquote new. I'd say it's just way too inside. What's the story? Give me an elevator pitch real quick. What's what's Andor about? Origin story for Cassie and Andor. Who? The guy in Rogue One. Which guy in Rogue One? You mean the 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 kung fu dude? So, he, but here's the thing. I personally know people who do the same thing with uh, Boba Fett. Okay, but I still think if you look visually at Boba Fett, you'll understand it more if you look visually at Cassie and Andor. If you put Boba Fett in a lineup of people with Cassie and Andor people be, would know Boba Fett more than anything else. He's, ha- he's been a merchandise for years. Right. So the idea of the idea. That's why I said, quote unquote new. Not just quote unquote new though, but you can also sell it. This is what happens to him after he gets out of the creature. Did you okay, like but, Mandalorian? 
Well, this is what happens to him right before you see him in Mandalorian. So you got you got Andor, and it's like, okay, who's he fighting? I feel like uh, if you made a show solely around Captain Phasma, it would have the same type of thing that Andor, as far as caring about storylines or whatever would go. I think the only reason that the Boba Fett one would stands out more or whatever is because he has been longstanding in our culture. No, I but... just think that, and- I just think that Andor, like, like you could, you could sell it based on his look. It's a dude. Hey, it's, it's, it's the origin story of the dude from Rogue One. All right, cool. I'll watch it. And then you start watching it. You're like, I don't understand what they're talking about. Well, okay. But, but even beside that though, just overall with this, with the show itself, right? Takes place five years before episode four. Sure. Uh, they say that like first scene, right? Yeah. And Tim, I really does, like does the, the rest show. of it. Matter? No, I, I know. I, but I'm saying, th- does it matter beyond that? It, 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 yeah, as far it, as being being a successful TV series, a cinematic experience, right? Is it important to to the overall canon of Star Wars? I don't honestly. I don't think Tony Gilroy or uh, yeah. Uh, cared about like Care about contributing what? to the overall success of the Star Wars franchise. I think he was trying to make a really, really good story, a really good show, and he, he used Star Wars as the uh, platform. Uh, that's that's absolutely true, Tim. And uh, Disney Plus is losing millions and millions of dollars every day. Netflix is losing millions and millions of dollars every day. Yeah. Disney is about to cut tons of employees from CNN. Disney is about to rein in all the crud that they've been producing on Disney Plus that is not producing any money. So what I'm saying is, is that as good as it is, as fantastic as it is, it's not getting viewers. No, and, and, and that what, is absolutely true. It should, but you're it right. Should, yeah. Okay, it should. Deadwood was canceled because it wasn't getting many viewers. Carnival yeah. on HBO was canceled because it wasn't getting many viewers. Those shows should have finished, right? Yeah. But they didn't. So, so whether I like or I think a show is amazing, uh, you know, artistically, it doesn't matter. It's well, artistically a they, fantastic show, but, but it's not killing the viewers. Like not make it? Yeah, probably. I hate to say it, but yeah. I mean, I'm fine that they did because I enjoy the crap out of it. It works for me. Well, me too, but but... You want, you need, you're gonna, you can't make a show for the hardcore Star Wars fan because that's who's watching it. The average person who tuned in for The Mandalorian or for Boba Fett, because you'll always have the Star Wars fans watching Star Wars. Doesn't make a difference. But you still have to make it appeal to other people outside of the fandom. I think, I think there's more to it than just this, though, because here's the thing. Well, Uh, what is there? Lucasfilm has, Lucasfilm slash Gilroy have discussed this already they have said that they did not do a whole lot of promotion for the show immediately because there was this thing called uh the rings of power and this thing called house of dragons that were out already and already had big audiences and they were like we're not gonna cross promote against those we're gonna wait once those shows have had their runs that people are already committed to we'll start to do push more promotion for this show when people have the time and they're less committed to other shows. And then maybe they'll check this one out. Is that the best like strategy to getting views? Absolutely. That sounds not. ridiculous. That I mean, sounds it's, like it's, the it's, biggest pile of. <laughs> mm. 
I know we're still trying not to swear anymore, Tim, but it sounds like the biggest pile of crap I've ever heard. <laughs> let me not let me not promote the show as it airs because there might be other shows out there that that people no, want not, to not, see. Not might be like straight up. Those other shows are already doing well and they're already pulling viewers. Like that's known. I think your two options are to either delay the show until they're done and then have a, a typical standard promotion for it, or you do hold off on the promotion and do it afterward and hope that it works that people will re- retroactively go back and maybe binge it or something. Um, cool. Bit, so where's the promotion? The hope in that. Uh, I've, seen the promotion? I've seen what? it. I've seen it. I've seen They literally showed the uh, show on ABC. And I've seen a bunch of YouTube ads for it all over the you place. Mean they showed it. They showed it on a channel that they own. I don't. I don't yeah. know that showing. I don't know that showing the show on other channels that Disney owns is much in the way of promotion. I mean, sure, it's promoting. It's a major it. network. You're. You're. It was on for Thanksgiving. It was three days, right? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday around Thanksgiving in prime time. Show. You show it the first two. The first two okay. episodes on ABC, the, on FX, and on Freeform. And sure, then it was and, on Hulu and, as well. And YouTube those ads. Those are probably the worst episodes of the show. And TV commercials I saw too for it. Like like the promotion the, before the show came out versus now is a 180 from my did you see? Did you see, did you see commercials on uh, ABC or did you see commercials on like MTV or something different? I don't watch ABC, so wherever I saw it wasn't that. Hulu? I, don't, I don't remember what show it was, but no, it was, it was, no, it was like cable television. Some channel I saw, they showed some, uh, so like they paid for They paid for money for a, on a competitor's channel. It wasn't ABC. I don't remember where it was. Well, they own a lot. They own a ton. So you could have incidentally seen it maybe on Freeform. I don't know. No, Hulu. I, I, that's what I'm saying. FX, FX2. FX those are movies, right? Those are the CNN. places that showed the 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 showed Andor. It wasn't a place that was actually going to show Andor. ESPN, it was a separate maybe? place. No, I, I I know that Disney owns these places. <laughs> I, if I if I knew it was if it struck me that way, I'd be like ESPN. Oh well, it makes sense. They own it. You know, I, I would I would note that. Tim, they had their ch- <laughs> they had their chance, and it's it's not good. What's going to happen next? Okay, we're not going to get anything ever this good again like that like it's Android? done uh, i mean maybe but it's look i, I think we're getting a season more. two already maybe we'll see what happens when they cut it back on production of it um, well they're filming it currently i mean they're already sure. doesn't mean they're not, they, they can't take away some of the budgeting they can. i promise they can they and they might but even if they do i don't know i still feel like uh there's enough to build on from the first one that you can get by. Well, sure. Not saying it won't. Scale, scales are supposed to increase. We're going to be going to Yavin with season two. We're going to have K2 in season two. Like there's, I, I'm, I'm not doubting season two is going to be what we would expect it to be. I'm not saying that, Tim. What I'm saying is, is that you could do everything that you could normally do, but you could do it and make it look like Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, but cool. why would they do that though? There's like, there's no reason. At least with Kenobi, they they still had the COVID reason, right? They don't. Why, why would it? Why would a company shelve Batgirl when it's already made? You do you do understand how badly Disney is as far as uh, as far as Disney Plus is, right? They really made some yeah. critical mistakes. Yeah. You know, one of the one of the things that came out the other day, some numbers that I was looking at was that. 
you look at Universal, right? Universal's the company that's putting out um, uh, Super Mario Brothers, okay? Mm-hmm. In the same time frame during the pandemic, Universal's put out seven, um, seven animated movies. And Disney has put out seven animated movies. Some of those have gone to Disney+. Plus. Some of them, you know, went to the theater. But each of them has released seven movies, okay? Universal has garnered $1.5 billion at the theater. Disney is like $500 million maybe. Disney made some ridiculous mistakes. Assuming that having these expensive shows streaming on uh, Disney Plus will drive subscribers or whatnot is kind of ridiculous, you know? So you're going to start to see the tightening of the belt. Things like She-Hulk may never happen again. Things like Ms. Marvel may never happen again. It's got to be big stuff for it to happen again. They're not rushing Black Panther to Disney Plus this time. They're going to let it sit in the theaters for a while so it can earn some money, you know? Everybody thought that streaming was the answer, and it's not. And so I don't think that we're going to get an expansion of of um, Star Wars on Disney Plus, we're going to see a contraction. You know, and it doesn't matter how good a show like Andor is. And again, I like the show. I think the show is amazing. But it doesn't get people to tune into the channel. I, I get Man- that. And in the business Mandalorian, sense that- Mandalorian is still garnering more eyeballs. Well, Alex, I understand that from the business side. However, the answer to me isn't, so just don't make the show. That's not the answer. Well, they probably shouldn't have, or they probably should have thought of something different. I mean, again, this is a show that's set, that this is a show that's set in the Star Wars universe, right? I hope so. <laughs> well, but it's not Star Wars. It's not Star Wars. I don't mind a show set in the Star Wars universe. I would watch anything set in the Star Wars universe, but it's not Star Wars. It's not lightsabers and 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 ship battles and, and it's not quintessentially star wars and so no matter what when you deviate that f- from that formula i think it's not gonna sell as well as sticking to the formula i mean does that make sense Berg one did okay yeah sure it did okay because the, because people were, were clamoring for star wars people wanted star wars they hadn't seen Star Wars in a while, and so it's like, okay, cool. How'd Solo do? Well, like, how do? That's an interesting kind of thing to think about, though, because with Solo, you have where it up front did not do very well. Uh, since its theatrical run has done better since, and the reception has been better since. Absolutely, then. People, people generally have a much more favorable view and experience with that movie than they did initially, right? Absolutely. Which, should they have not made Solo? Because depending on your answer to that, well, it could also influence the Andor experience because it could be the same thing. You're, you're sticking on that. Should they have made Andor? Okay, yes. But what, what, what everybody's creaming themselves about Andor is that it's a really in-depth Star Wars show, okay? Why can't you have that about the Old Republic, let's say, okay? Yeah. Why can't you have that about, you know, even the High Republic? I'm not a big fan of that era. But why can't you have that? Or why can't you... They've chosen to take 
a lot of money, and it's a gorgeous show. The music's fantastic. The acting is stellar. I love everything about Andor, but it's not appealing to the general public as Star Wars. I mean, you know, if you have a better reason, if you have a better explanation for why people aren't watching, I'd love to hear it. Well, I, I also understand where Lucasfilm may have the viewpoint, or Disney, whoever, may have the viewpoint of we cannot be like lightsaber movie production studio. Yes, until right? that was that was pre Chapek being fired. Well, Lots yes. Well, that... that's a whole new thing. Yeah, who even knows how this is going to go? Any of it now with Bob Iger back? You know, I know obviously he's clearly in favor of Lucasfilm and Star Wars. He's the one who started it all here. But he's also here talking about Disney. how we can't. He's also talking about how we have to listen to our audience. Yeah, uh, I think yesterday it was a it was a com or an interview he had. We have to listen to our audience and pay attention to our audience and get back to the core focus of, you know. He also talked about the other day that we need to make. We need to make sure that what we release is the best possible show that we can release rather than release a ton of average things is basically what he said. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. No, I, I mean, yeah. you're right. And I agree with that sentiment, honestly. And with Star Wars, okay, not a ton of it because we haven't got a ton of it. But certainly with the MCU stuff they're pumping out, you're starting to get to the point of they're not gems every time like they used to be it's not must see television it's not i need to see this immediately the hardcore will always stay up but you have to have the average fan come out to see it the average fan didn't i mean the 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 hardcore didn't make force awakens the number one movie of all time for for a brief period i think avatar may have overtaken it again i don't remember um but either way you can't it was the number one movie in, in, in North America because the average people came out and saw it along with the super fans, along with the average fans, along with the people, you know. Yeah. It's got to appeal to a bigger group, and Andor doesn't appeal to that group. And so you ha they'll end up looking at it whether does this money give us a return on our investment? And I, honestly, the answer is probably no. Okay, so then is, is the solution here that Disney Plus, as a platform for Star Wars, should only produce shows that are quote-unquote stereotypical Star Wars shows? Um, I think you can do really, really awesome shows within... I think you do really fantastic shows that fit within that mold. You know, you, you can fit within the, the creatures and the lightsabers and the Force. You can do a ton of shows like that. So do they go that way? I don't know. It's, it's interesting how... Because Disney Plus took off better and faster than they had predicted it would. Right. And I wonder how much their philosophy has changed with it over time, because initially it seemed to me the way I took it was that it was almost like an experimenting ground of sorts for stories that we weren't going to put in the cinema. Like cinema is where our, our a group of stories and experiences are. And that if there's something we're maybe a little less sure about or like, hey, let's see how this goes and see if people like it. That almost like a, a testing ground. That was Disney Plus initially. And then it seems to have, yeah, really flipped and that may have been Chaper. i'm sorry i well, don't remember his name but it, go ahead sorry no 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 i was just saying, i don't know if it was because i know people have said he had a massive focus on streaming and disney plus more so than Iger did before and probably now um, it, it, so was, I, it, it was it may have been a philosophical it, it was initially but i think now that they're looking at it that okay this is not sustainable at these numbers 
for us to continue to put this type of money into Disney Plus for shows in Disney Plus with this type of um, return on investment, it's not sustainable. Netflix understands that now that it's not sustainable. And that's why their stock price dropped so, so massively because people are like, wait a second, this is not sustainable. You know, the idea that, you know, nowadays, right? I forget what it was, but they paid, I think, Ryan Johnson $390 million for the two Knives Out films, right? That are coming. That's not sustainable. That's not sustainable. All these little deals that, that people have made, 200 plus million for, for The Rock and, uh, what was it, The Rock and um, Gal Gadot and Ryan Reynolds for a movie is not sustainable. These, these type of things, if you don't have, you're going to start to see them, I think, in my opinion, pushing towards theatrical again. And the stuff sort of coming to Disney Plus are shoots of the theatrical. Maybe. I mean, there'll be other stuff that they introduce on Disney Plus. But the, the money maker or the money loser right now for uh for for Disney is Disney Plus. It's 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 a big sink. And so oh. if they're trying to if they're trying to turn the ship and fix the stock price, that's the first thing that you do. Well, and I see your point in that, especially with how this has expanded. This isn't solely a Disney Plus issue. This is also like Netflix and the I forget what it was called, but I saw it. The movie you're talking about with Ryan Reynolds and the Rock. And, well, Warner even Warner's trying to write the ship as well, and, that, and now they're being sued by the state of Ohio because uh, a lot of the a lot of the uh, uh, pensions were put into that stock, and they think that when that stock tanked, that Warner was lying to the shareholders to approve the merger about numbers and views and all that. And yeah, I mean, it's people are starting to really see that this whole idea of streaming is the future is not necessarily the answer. So, and like, I, I understand that point with, you know, the, the financial side of it and and how it it may be an overinvestment that some people are starting to realize and whatnot. Um, Having said that. So what happens with these, these stories because like we, we sh- we're not going to stop the stories per se right streaming is not the answer that we thought it was uh not every like she hulk for example would not i i would guess would not have been a theatrical release at least obviously not the way it was structured because it was structured to be a show but still uh i mean i guess they could have made it as just a solo movie and put that out but like I don't know. How, how do you handle that? If it's not streaming and if maybe not everything's going to be a movie, not everything, what do you do? Well, I, I you know, I'm, I'm no, I'm no expert. I just read a lot, but I, I think obviously, especially with Disney, Disney's Disney definitely. Um, I think they made a huge mistake in neglecting the box. You know, you see all the time, Excuse me. One of the number one movies last year on Netflix was oh boy, I don't remember the name. Um, it was Jason Statham and uh, that one dude who was accused of. Anyways, it's a it's a it was an old movie, right? Homefront. That's the name of it. Jason Statham, uh, one of the guys who was always in the movies with like Pineapple Express and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was number one on Netflix for a while. Netflix acquired the rights to it. It'd been on home video. It'd been, you know, in the theaters. And that was one of the number one movies. You'll see this all the time when you look at Netflix. Uh, an old movie is suddenly number one. 
And so the idea that you're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on a, on a movie like Red Notice, that, that rock movie I was talking about, for it to be number one for a week or two, when you also have this Jason Statham movie suddenly number one for a week or two, it makes you reevaluate what you're going to do. So I think in a situation like Disney, where Disney's like, Hocus Pocus, yes. Let's put Hocus Pocus straight to, straight to uh, home video or straight to Disney+. Plus. Well, they just left off at least $100 million at the box office from that. that. That movie could have recouped its production costs at the box office, and then everything on Disney that it brings viewers to could have been all gravy. Same thing with Disenchanted 2. I think that's the movie that's on right now, or Enchanted 2 or whatever. Yeah. You know, I think you're going to see less of that. I think you're going to see less movies going directly to Disney+. Plus. You'll see movies hit the theaters first so it can make some of its money, and then you'll see it go there. And, and the idea of we're not going to release it on home video, why would you not get that money? So not, you know, not, to, well, so not to make this too like philosophical <laughs> or anything, but it's also kind of, if you think about it, reaches even farther or more overhead about like society kind of generally like like the concept of patience for media is way more diminished than it used to be for example uh there were three years between each movie in the original star wars uh trilogy and then there were three years between each movie in the prequels and there was what 16 i think years between trilogies yeah 16 years between those. Okay. Uh, Disney buys Lucasfilm. Four years later, we have the first movie. And then the next year, we have another movie. And then the next year, we have another movie. And it keeps going like that. And then they start developing a bunch of sideshows in the meantime. There was a big Star Wars explosion. Now, of course, that was extremely hype for us, for fans at the time. Of course, everyone is extremely into this <laughs> star wars everywhere let's go for the foreseeable future it's still ongoing awesome right uh but i don't know i feel like there is there is a bit of a potential issue here which is that uh you run the cliche risk of balancing quality and quantity per se um i very much enjoy the fact that we are getting a variety of creative influences involved with Star Wars right now and getting different looks and each thing that we get looks and feels and seems different. Uh, some of it pays off way more than others. And at the same time, you're still running. I guess they had just at the end of the day, they have to realize everything that they're going to be doing is a risk as long as they're pushing out content, right? It's going to be a risk unless you know tried and true i guess who we brought back to make this george lucas or something you know at this point i would say tony gilroy is a solid name dave filoni solid you know trusted names for creating these star wars things at this point but uh anytime you come out with something else like even look here's the thing i love taika waititi i think he's got some amazing uh experience movies I've seen. well i've seen some like, like i really like was it uh uh jojo rabbit one of the like did best you, movies i've seen the past Thunder? few years I know. <laughs> Garbage. Okay, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I I did not see it. I forget why I was busy. I don't know. Something happened and I didn't make it out. And I heard some reviews where people were saying that. And I'm like, oh no, okay. And then some people I know in person whose general opinions I generally trust, they were like, it really wasn't that bad. It wasn't like the best thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't that bad either. 
if somebody says it really wasn't that bad, that means they're trying to, I don't know. I mean, the general idea of the movie is, that, and if you haven't seen, I'm going to spoil some of it, but if you haven't seen it by now, that's on you. Yeah. Um, it's been free. So, the, and the end battle is, is you know, kids are given, a, a, an army of kids are given some of Thor's, Thor's uh, powers to fight creatures. So it's Thor, an army of kids, and it's cutesy, and it's not, and it's like, I, let's move on with this. It's, it's, it was stupid. Sorry, it was stupid. <laughs> I mean, I don't really, have, I can't say yes or no because I haven't seen that part yet. But after after a while, when they keep needle dropping Guns and Roses, it's like, okay, I get it. I, I'm a huge Guns and Roses fan, especially Appetite for Destruction. But it's like, okay, I get it. Come on. <laughs> I don't want him to do Star Wars. I wouldn't well, mind if right now, if right now they said Tony Gilroy, we're going to give you the keys to a story about the creation of the Jedi and the Sith. We're going to give you the keys to an old Republic story, and you can do as detailed as you like, just like you did with Andor. But it's going to be about Jedi's and Sith. I'd be like, oh God, yes, thank you. Yeah, I would be so excited about that. Well, I mean, they did sign him to a long-term production deal um, beyond this, so that's fine. But the thing is, is that as as good as this story is to me, it's just not appealing to the average fan. And so I think at the end of the day, we're not going to see a 24-episode series about the inner politicking and behind-the-scenes, you know, sabotaging of... of uh, uh, the Empire. It's just not going to happen. Not, you know, not, well, not like saying, it is. Another interesting point with this, though, is, uh, and I know you know the answer. I'm just going to ask you for discussion purposes. Uh, why was, uh, what was it, 1313, right? Why was that not made? Uh, I don't think they had, uh, apparently he just didn't have the money for it. He didn't have the, the technology wasn't there for him as far as he was concerned. The, the the technology was not there to support the story he wanted to tell, so... Yes. And, and he was, he planned to cost. still do it. At, at right. the cost. Right. At and he still planned to do it, but was waiting for the technology and such to catch up to where it would be affordable and quality enough for him to do it, right? But he's not doing it anymore. This is this is a corporation. This is not... Right. This is no, not no, I know. I know. Money. I know, but I'm saying like philosophically though, like like that was the idea for that, right? Sure, philosophically. Okay. Uh, you are now Disney. You have your own streaming service, and you have the ability to produce things at a generally cheaper rate than before. Congratulations! Yeah, you're the CEO of Disney, Mark. Okay. Sweet. Sweet. Uh. Before Mandalorian comes out, what kind of decision do you think you make regarding Marvel and Lucasfilm and their shows? Frequency, cost ratio, all that kind of stuff. What do you think oh, it should look like? What? Come on. Come on. I can't, I can't speak to frequency, cost ratio, all that kind of stuff. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, okay, um, let me first do this. If it's going to be something that the company is assigned to do strictly streaming, when it's over with, I'm going to put it on Disney Plus. I mean, sorry, I'm going to put it on the Disney Channel. I'm going to put it on Fox. There's no logical reason why when the Mandalorian season uh, three appears 
that you shouldn't do a lead up by having the Mandalorian, right? Mm. Be every night. And then when it appears on Disney Plus, that's like the night before was the last episode on FX, let's say, or ABC. You just plug the Mandalorian into that. You get the money from the advertisements, okay? You also get the free publicity for people to sign up for the new show. That seems to be something that they're missing. Like, and and or two episodes is not going to get people to decide whether they want to see the show or not, in my opinion, because it only took one episode of Andor for my parents to go, I don't understand it. You've got to find some way to appeal to other people. So, and when, so, when, when I talk about like cost ratio stuff, I, I'm not, I don't mean actual numbers. I'm saying like, for example, in comparison to something like Breaking Bad and what AMC puts into that, more or less equal. Well, you're, you're TV going type on with stuff. Breaking Bad too now, right? No, I didn't, I didn't even know about that. But. Oh, sorry, AMC can't afford it anymore. So they're going to be cutting back on, on uh, new shows. So, so see, it, like that, that sort of point. Like, like do, you want, do you try to do it in a traditional TV budget but they have a, And they have a network that they run. Yeah. And, and so for them, you know, maybe they shouldn't put all their money in 8 million Walking Deads. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe they shouldn't have done that. Maybe, maybe uh, for them, uh, for me, if I had a choice, I would say, okay, what's what's going really good right now? House of the Dragons, big. Game of Thrones is big. Rings of Power, I don't know. What do we have that's very similar that people have been clamoring for for many years? Oh, old old Jedi, old weapons, fantastic creatures. Let's do that. Let's make a really serious sort of in-depth origin story for for this or something dealing with, you know, the old Jedi Order. Let, let's give it sort of that level. It doesn't have to have the sex and the blood and the violence, but it's still quintessentially Star Wars when you start popping off red and blue lightsabers. Supposedly that's what's next. Supposedly. Supposedly that was going to be done a long time ago. Yeah. Where's Lando that they announced? Mm. Are they still going to even do Lando? You know what I mean? Yeah. Remember, uh, remember Knights? What is it? Not Knights. Remember, uh, whatever show it was about the, the, the Rangers, Rangers of the Republic. That's gone. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to announce anything. I just want them to figure it out. I mean, I just don't think with everything that's coming down, it's going to be a little bit while. It's going to be a little while for things to sort of, sort of, uh, you know, find their footing, f- find out where the, where's the floodwaters receding at. And this is where we're at. I don't I, think I, we'll ever. I don't think we'll ever get a twenty-four episode show like Andor again. And maybe that's not a bad thing. As good as it was, maybe that's not a bad thing because Star Wars has a tendency to run good things into the ground at this point. Well, I was going to say, I, I think one of my things with them announcing shows and, and movies early out at this point, especially since the Ryan Johnson trilogy that's perpetually in limbo now at this point, you know. Uh, Ever since all that stuff's gone on, the hype for Star Wars, let me rephrase, the excitement for Star Wars is generally there. The hype is a little died down from where it was, right? Because we're used to it now. We're used to the 
continual and regular flow of Star Wars stories. And again, we we like it. I don't want to say people are necessarily taking it for granted because I don't think that's necessarily what's going on. But the point is, we're used to it, right? So when they announce new shows, like, hey, we're going to have this, like, we use Ahsoka as an example, right? When they announce that, people are like, oh, awesome. That's that's great. They announce the Acolyte. People are like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, if they had announced, like, at, at that Disney uh, meeting where, where they like gave that slate of like the Patty Jenkins, or was it Rogue? No, Rogue Squadron, right? When they announced that with that little video and Ahsoka and and Rangers yeah, and, yeah. and all that acolyte, all that kind of stuff together, it was like, oh wow, that's awesome. So we got we we're secured for content in the future. But if they announced like one of those at a time, I think the hype around each individual project would just be better and there wouldn't be as much anticipation of okay where are these shows you got so many coming on let's get cranking them out we'd be like okay they're working on it they're working on one and they're going to watch it and it's going to be great and then there will be another one after that do you know what i'm saying but like over committing with the announcements i think may not be a good idea well i i think with i think with a lot of it though in, in look at it this way is that let's take for example with the marvel stuff right when they announce all these different shows you find out after they announce these different movies, uh, like the new Avengers movies. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They hadn't even they hadn't even written them yet. Yeah. It's so it's like this is what Star Wars feels like. I think they've got the cart before the horse. You know. So, anyways, I, I just think that uh, I, I think I think there's something wrong. Not necessarily. It's just they can't keep doing business the way that they're doing anymore. This is not just mm-hmm. Marvel or DC or Star Wars or anybody. This is all of them. They've been yeah. pumping out. It's it's kind of like the dot com boom. Right well, here, here's the bur- here's the the bubble has burst. And so, if you can't find a way to, you know, uh, wh- where's the where's the Star Wars was Star Wars was. Um, Successful in large part also because of merchandising. Well, where, where's the merchandising for Andor? But, well, I, I, yes, I do agree. At the same time, I think the market for merchandising isn't what it used to be either. It's not it a great is, but, but, but Tim, Tim, I'm also looking at the Mandalorian right here, right now. I'm looking at the, the art book for the Mandalorian season two, right? Right, sure. Yeah. I, buy, I buy every art book. There's no Boba Fett. There's no Obi Wan for me to go, bull crap. There's no Andor one announced. It's like some of the marketing is is even dying down. So I don't know what's going on to be honest. Now, if it, if it were, if I were more of a conspiracy theorist, I would say that's because there was too much turmoil in the creation of these shows to put them into a book. But that's just me. Yeah, no, I, I I don't know. I'm not even saying that's the case. I'm really not. But I could. I, I just I can hear somebody taking that stance and pushing that idea i don't even know but <sighs> i don't know um i guess i'll just say that uh as a star wars fan as someone who watched the shows regardless of you know the status of streaming or whatever because yeah i i think it's pretty i don't say obvious but i think it's pretty obvious that things are not tip-top prime for these production studios with the way things are looking right now and they're still trying to navigate it and figure it out i think that's pretty obvious but um as far as the enjoyment of the content um, I thought Kenobi was enjoyable. I like it. Uh, I'm happy to have seen it. Uh, it. It didn't satisfy all of my dreams, and it was it's not the living end, but I enjoyed it, and I liked it. Andor, I think, is one of the 
it's at the top. It's one of the best pieces of Star Wars visual media, I, I would say. Sure, sure. Um, so I'm like, I don't want to say over the moon with that, but you know, I'm I'm super hyped with that show, and I'm very excited we're getting more. Um, I hope well, it's not. I hope nothing sacrificed for the production of it. Real, but real quick, you know, I know we didn't talk about it. Tales of the Jedi. I mean, more of that, but more of mm-hmm. that with you know characters that we haven't seen, but maybe only heard of. You know, mm-hmm. they they mentioned they 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 dropped you know tidbits about the Mandalorian Jedi in um in uh was it season two of Mandalorian or was it Boba Fett? Show me that. Show me. Show me. Don't mm-hmm. just. Show me all these different things, and then whatever you start to see people interested in, then work that a little more into a story. And maybe, oh, people are interested in this, so let's make a series out of it, or you know, or may, let's put this in a movie. Movie, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. that's a perfect sort of training ground for to gauge audience interest, so to speak. Yeah, sure. I mean, that would make sense. How how are they doing that now? Like, like, do you think they're just taking guesses? Like, hey. Uh, you know, social media hits, say people are excited about this topic, so let's make a movie. Like, like, what's the process like for making that now? I really don't know anymore because everything's all over the place. I don't know what Marvel's yeah. doing. In fact, I haven't heard them announce, like, what's the Marvel's like, okay, let's make a show about Echo. Oh, all right, I guess. You know, um, she was in Hawkeye. I didn't know there was a fan reaction to her, so let's see how it goes. But I don't think all this stuff, there's nothing, there's nothing screaming for me to watch for for them. I've stopped watching a lot of shows. I'm just over it. If anybody like said, underst- I'm, I'm watching old stuff now. Well, so if anybody understands the reference I'm about to make, I'm like this I was just recently inspired to say what I'm about to say because of Unis on us, but I feel like there are some people who are trying to recapture some very rare magic that isn't going to happen continually. And what I mean by that is like the success of the initial run of the MCU leading up through Endgame or the return of Star Wars with the Force Awakens, things like that. They were so massively successful and hype and it was all that anyone wanted. It's all anyone could talk about. And instead of realizing that that was a peak moment to appreciate and say, wow, that was amazing. Now let's do something uh, I want to say something else, but let's, let's just try to reinvent the wheel instead of latching on to something that already peaked or something like that. I think they're starting to kind of lean that way and they're trying to hold on to something that's passed, if that makes sense. Do you understand what I'm yep. saying with that? Oh, yeah. not you know, Westerns were at their heyday. Those don't even last forever. Uh, um, you know, horror movies ebb and flow. This genre may be on its way out or it may be changing into something else, but, you know, not everything is is oh my god greatest ever whether it's star wars or whether it's you know superheroes or whatever so we just got to judge everything based on what you're actually watching rather than what you want it to be so that it continues further i guess if i had any uh like some or disney people kind of listening to this right now not that you would care about my opinion but if you did right i guess what i would say is um maybe try to just like take a breath, slow down a bit and really refocus on what's going to matter in the long term. I think a show like Andor really would. And perhaps if we cut out or spaced out production a bit more, we could devote more resources to things like promotion for it or something like that ahead of time. Just, just think more carefully and don't get so caught up in the process of the of the creation and more focus on the quality of the creation. I think 
maybe the success would be better. I'm just some guy. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but that's kind of how it seems to me. <laughs> I agree with you. Having said that, though, I really loved Andor. It was amazing. I hope it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's the best thing. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to season two also. Um. All right. So that was. Uh, honestly, you know, I didn't expect to have a conversation about the state of streaming today, but that's cool. You know, it, it makes sense. It flows. So we're good. It does affect everything going forward, though. Unfortunately, you know, you start reading yeah. more and more and more. Nobody is immune from it. So it's yeah, going to affect what, think... what we see. Well, because I think the first doom sign I heard was when Netflix was having some big financial issues on the inside of making these productions and how they had to double down on some, you know, no, we got to get people watching. So spend more <laughs> to get a bigger thing here so that people will start watching so we can kind of catch up or whatever. That was like, ooh, that's bad. But at the time, that's also right around when Disney Plus was starting to kind of take off and do better than they anticipated. So it was like, okay, well, maybe whatever. But no, I think you're right. I think this is just like a general uh like platform or medium issue that's gonna need to be addressed before you you know jump too far ahead, I guess. So all right. All right. Well hey, you know what? You know what was fun? Talking, talking to you talking to you. Yeah. No, talking <laughs> to you <too. laughs> We gotta do this more often. <laughs> we should you know i i used to have in a year the same thing you know we used to have schedules that would allow it to happen every week a little less so now uh but that doesn't mean it's it's not gonna happen here and there you know we should we should do it more often you're right yeah it's like i've got everybody i've got three other people going dinner's ready dinner's ready come on dinner's <laughs> ready so i think that's probably like the main reason why i'm trying to cut it short today i've got family oh. members who are like podcast when do you do a podcast anymore? Dinner's ready. Get your butt over here. <laughs> no, you're fine because I, I, as soon as we're done here, I have to go make mine. So we're good. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, so I, it, it was fun though. And like I said, maybe we'll do some more. If people like this, let us know, by the way. Yeah, please, please, we please. Do. Let we us didn't, know. we didn't even talk about social media stuff that we were going to. We got, we got more to go over, right? So just let us know and then we can do some more. So how's that? That's good. Thank, thanks for everybody tuning in. I appreciate it. Have a good rest of your morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this, and we'll see you some other time. Bye, everybody.